calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. Listen to mysteries about true histories on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello again, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is another chilling tale. These haunted places I went to in Washington, D.C. Story Club members are the Haunting of Ford's Theater and the White House. So Autumn Nash and I were doing some sightseeing around our nation's capital one spring day, and we decided to check out two places with ghostly reputations. Historical places that you might not expect at first glance. The first one was Ford's Theater. The Washington DC theater will remain infamous in history. During the performance of the play, Our American Cousin, the night of April 14, 1865, John Wilkes Booth assassinated President Abraham Lincoln, one of the most admired leaders in American history. Since then, there have been claims that Ford Theater is haunted. John Wilkes Booth was a popular actor at the theater. On the night of April 14th, Booth, a Confederate sympathizer, planned to strike a blow as revenge for the Southern states losing the Civil War. John Frederick Parker, an incompetent bodyguard, left his assigned post. Unhindered, Booth snuck into the president's box and shot Lincoln in the back of the head at close range. Ten days before the tragic event, on April 4th, Lincoln had a dream about his own death, writing about the dream in his journal. Booth was later killed 12 days later when authorities found him hiding in a barn and tried to apprehend him. Since Lincoln's assassination, it's believed that the theater is haunted. Along with other apparitions, the ghost of Abraham Lincoln has been seen, including reports of voices and laughter from areas where there are no people. Staff and visitors have also heard the footsteps of John Wilkes Booth running to the presidential box, followed by the sound of a gunshot. The ghost of Mary Todd Lincoln, the First Lady, has also been seen leaning over the balcony and pointing at Booth, saying that he has killed the president. Apparitions also appear at center stage, lights turn on and off, and cold spots are often experienced in certain areas. After the untimely tragedy, it was decided that the theater would not be used for entertainment purposes. It was converted to offices and a warehouse. In 1893, however, part of the building collapsed, killing 22 people inside, adding to the lore of the cursed theater. In 1968, Ford Theater reopened again as an entertainment venue. 
Autumn and I were allowed to tour the old theater. It's a grand old place, and we felt kind of uncomfortable in the presidential booth above the stage where President Lincoln was killed. However, Autumn didn't pick up any psychic vibes in the place, so we moved on to the White House. Believe it or not, the White House has a reputation for being one of the most haunted houses in America. Many famous presidents who've lived in the house, as well as visiting world leaders, claim to have seen ghosts, primarily that of President Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln's ghost is also known to stroll up and down the second floor hallway, rap on doors, and stand by certain windows with his hands clasped behind his back in his trademark manner. Several seances were conducted in the White House over its history, but the majority of them occurred during the years of Abraham Lincoln's presidency. While living in the White House, he and his wife attempted to contact the spirit of their son, Willie, who had died there. Following the assassination of her husband, Mary Todd Lincoln sought contact with his spirit through seances and felt she had succeeded. Famous people, including Winston Churchill, Harry Truman, Theodore Roosevelt, Herbert Hoover, Dwight Eisenhower, Jacqueline Kennedy, Lady Bird Johnson, and Hillary Clinton claim to have seen the ghost of Lincoln wandering around the Lincoln bedroom or strolling the halls of the White House. Autumn and I went on those daily tours through the White House. We made sure to pay special attention to the second floor hallway. My psychic friend put out her vibes to see if she could find any trace of the late president or any other spirits who might be wandering the famous house. We explored only as much of the White House as we were allowed to, for security reasons obviously, but again, it felt like a dead end. Pun intended. However, as we were leaving, Autumn said she saw a small boy running through the hallway. She hadn't seen any children on our tour group. The boy was wearing a dark suit. Then, a woman chased after him, laughing, picking him up, and hugging him to her bosom. Autumn said she didn't get a good look at her. I showed her a picture of Mary Lincoln Todd and asked if that was who she saw. Maybe it was her in the afterlife rejoined with her son, Willie. She said she couldn't be sure. But as we strolled away from the house, I could have sworn I saw a man with a beard and a top hat smiling and waving to us from the second floor in presidential fashion. So much for Washington, D.C. Autumn and I want to check out more hauntings in other states. We want to bring our friend Willow Yates along, but she's getting too wise to go on our ghost hunting exploits, so she'll probably sit a few out. But we'll see about that. <laughs> Hello again, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is another chilling tale. This haunted place I went to in Massachusetts, Story Club members, is called John Stone's Inn. One of the most haunted places in Massachusetts is known as John Stone's Inn, which is in the town of Ashland. Constructed in 1832 by Captain John Stone, it has a long history and plenty of paranormal activity, including visits from the dead captain himself. In the 1800s, John Stone's Inn, then called the Railroad Boarding House, was said to be a huge hit with both travelers and the locals. That is, until 1845, when an accident occurred in the building. Stone and a few other men were playing a game of cards for cash. A man beat Stone at the game, but Stone believed that the man had cheated. A fight broke out, and Stone hit the man over the head, killing him. Stone and the other witnesses took the body down into the basement and buried it. Legend has it that the spirit of the dead man, as well as those who swore never to tell of what occurred, still haunt the inn. A little girl is also believed to haunt the inn. Her spirit is somehow attached to a dress that's stored up in the attic. Many have claimed to see the little girl staring out of the upstairs windows. 
One female employee once took the dress home, and it caused her so much ghostly chaos in her life that she quickly returned the dress. Many hauntings that have occurred over the years at Johnstone's Inn were said to be apparitions of the captain himself. A picture of Captain John Stone hangs over the fireplace in the establishment, and patrons claim to experience an airy feeling of being watched when they're close to the photograph. Several employees in the building have claimed that they smell what appears to be cigar smoke, even though there's no one present who's smoking tobacco. They believe that this is the captain himself, overseeing the guests and employees at the haunted inn. Willow Yates and I stopped at the place, now called Stone Public House, to hang out and get a vibe of the place. Unfortunately, my psychic friend, Autumn Nash, was at a family reunion and couldn't make it. I didn't let Willow know what the history of the place was, otherwise she would have never gone inside. We ordered some food. I had the traditional fish and chips, and Willow ordered the vegetarian shepherd's pie. In 1976, a guy named Leonard Cappy Fournier bought the building and helped to restore it to what it is now. In a 1984 news article, Cappy had reported some strange events years after he bought and restored the old inn. Doors would not remain locked, and lights would turn on and off by themselves. Psychics who've explored the place have reported that several spirits remain trapped inside the inn. We had arrived at Stone's close to closing time, and it was in the middle of the week, so there weren't many customers. When I excused myself to go to the bathroom, I explored as much as I could. One of the employees even let me go down to the basement where the body of the man Stone had accidentally killed was buried. Surely an unrested spirit would be lingering down there. There was sadly nothing though, just an old basement. There was a creepy factor for sure, but no ghost that I could see. And I really wished that Autumn could be here just to see what psychic vibes she could pick up. When I returned to the table, Willow had finished her food and was in a good mood. I asked her why she was so happy. She said she spoke to this really nice man who was dressed up like a sea captain. He asked her how she enjoyed the food and the place. She said fine. I asked her to describe the man, as he sounded like Captain John Stone, the founder of the place. When she did, I pointed to his portrait over the fireplace. She hadn't noticed it before. She told me that that was the man she talked to. I finally broke it to her that the man she'd been talking to had been dead for over a century. Willow's face went as pale as snow, and then she ran outside screaming, leaving me to pay the bill. Oh well, it was kinda worth it to see her face. Poor Willow. She is my ghost magnet though, I swear. It never fails that a ghost or a monster will show up when Willow's in the house. After we got to the car, and Willow was done yelling at me for taking her to yet another haunted place, we decided to leave. I saw a little girl in the upper floor window of the place wearing an old dress, no doubt the girl I mentioned earlier. Willow asked me who I was waving to. I didn't have the heart to tell her that it was a girl who was also long dead, so I didn't. My fearful friend had already been through enough. Those fish and chips sure hit the spot, though. <laughs> Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features, like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot 
and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello again, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your beautiful host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is another chilling tale. This Spirited Tales Story Club members might make you take the elevator instead of the stairs. It's one I call the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. Since the invention of photography in 1826, photographers around the world have captured images, many ghostly in nature. In fact, the occupation of capturing ghosts on camera was aptly named spirit photography, which is still a popular picture-taking subject nearly 200 years later. One of the most famous ghost photographs ever taken came out of Norfolk, England in 1936 when photographers from Country Life magazine published a picture of a ghostly female figure floating above a grand staircase in Raynham Hall. It's one of the most widely seen ghost photographs and is easily found online. The question is, is the photograph real or just a clever hoax? According to legend, the aforementioned ghost is Lady Dorothy Walpole. Born in 1686, Dorothy was the sister of Robert Walpole, the first prime minister of Great Britain. She died in Raynham Hall in 1726 due to smallpox. The first sighting of the Brown Lady was in the Christmas of 1835. Lord Charles Townsend, who occupied the hall at the time, invited guests to attend the holiday celebration. Two guests claimed to have seen a lady in a brown dress outside of their bedrooms. She was described as having empty eye sockets that were dark in her glowing face. A year later, another sighting occurred, this time from Captain Frederick Marriott, a popular novelist who stayed in one of the proclaimed haunted rooms. He wanted to prove that ghost stories were invented only by local smugglers to keep people away from the area. It all kind of sounds like the plot of a Scooby-Doo episode, am I right? However, Captain Marriott wrote extensively about his encounter with the Brown Lady, even drawing a pistol to protect himself from the disembodied spirit. Another sight of the Brown Lady occurred on the stairs in 1926, 10 years before the famous photograph was published. The photographers for Country Life magazine were snapping off pictures when an apparition appeared on the staircase. The photographer, Captain Hubert C. Provent, at the direction of his assistant, Indre Shira, who noticed the vaporous manifestation, snapped off the now-famous photograph, which was published in the UK magazine on December 26, 1936, and later in Life magazine on January 4, 1937. Later on, many skeptics attempted to disprove the photograph. Many even set up a camera and recreated what they believed Captain Provend and Indre Shira had photographed, a person in a sheet double exposed over a staircase. Others claimed that it was a photograph of a statue of the Virgin Mary superimposed over the Raynham Hall staircase. But I know I would love to personally visit the famous hall in Norfolk, England with my good friend and psychic medium Autumn Nash, just to see if we can stir up Lady Dorothy Walpole, aka the Brown Lady. Until then, though, we'll just have to rely on this famous black and white photograph, a copy of which I have in my bedroom on the wall. Because, you know, I'm mostly ghostly like that. <laughs> now, my beloved listeners, it's time to use your brains. I've got a puzzle for you to solve, so get out your pens, take some notes, and listen up tomorrow when I tell you the answer. Alrighty, here's the puzzle. You decide to enter a haunted house with your friend, because who wouldn't, am I right? 
As you enter, an eerie silence embraces you and you can see nothing because it's dark. You fumble your way and try your luck to find the switches, but it turns out to be a waste of time because there is no electricity connection to the house. When you decide to turn back, the door closes on you and you are trapped in the house with your friend, who has now started panicking. While you're trying to console her, an evil laughter takes you by surprise. Then you see a faint figure who tells you that you have three doors in front of you and you must take one of them. It's the only way to free yourself from the house. The figure tells you that the first door opens up to a compact space filled with a swarm of deadly bees and you'll be stung endlessly by them. The second door opens up to electric chairs that you both will be strapped to for five minutes. And finally, the third door opens up to a pit that has no bottom and you and your friend will keep falling endlessly into nothingness. While these three choices leave you and your friend panicked, which door should you choose? Come back tomorrow for the answer to this puzzle. And of course, another wicked tale from yours truly, because every R.L. Stein Story Club member needs a little scare every day. Ivy out. Go, kid, go. Have you heard the news? The best podcast for dinosaur fans is out and a roaring good time for all. What happens when a bolt of lightning hits a digger machine on top of a site that's full of dinosaur fossils? Uh, the digger turns into Digger Rex, of course. Join Digger Rex, the half dinosaur, half digger on his adventures by searching for Digger Rex on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.